It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, James Erpine. It is great to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com. I caught up with him earlier today. You're going to hear that conversation coming up in about 60 seconds. The Reds, well, the draft is in. They take Jonathan India, fifth overall. Lion Richardson, 47th overall. And then... With their third pick on day one of the draft, they take, uh, they take a right-handed pitcher by the name of Josiah Gray. So they get two pitchers, they get one infielder, and for more on that... By the way, you can subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, including LockedOnReds.com. If you're new to the podcast, well, we do this every single weekday, and it gives you your daily Reds fix. That's our goal. That's what we try to do. And for more on... The Reds, let's welcome in Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com. I caught up with Chad earlier today, and I asked him about the fans who said, you know what, the Reds should have picked a pitcher fifth overall. They need pitching, 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 not another infielder. Here was Chad's response. Well, we did hear a lot of that yesterday, and it's sort of frustrating this time every year to hear to hear that. You know, I, I'm not a, a huge college scout um, or high school scout, <laughs> but right. uh, to, to me it looks like the Reds did exactly what they should be doing. Go out and find the best player available at number five in the draft and take him regardless of position. Because if you can hit, you'll play. They'll find a position for you. And this kid, Jonathan India uh, from Florida, he can just he can flat out rake. I mean, he's the Southeastern Conference Player of the Year. Um, we've had pretty good success with the uh, Southeastern Conference third baseman Nick Senzel as uh from a couple of years ago, was picked, and he's uh, on his on the verge of the majors, and so it, it just it it makes no sense for the Reds not to take who they think is the best player left on the board, and, and the selection was widely praised around baseball. I mean, Indy's uh, a great prospect. Um, in terms of why they took him over a power arm, well, you know, if he, if you feel like he's the best player, you take him. Number one, number two, I'm probably hesitant, especially at a pick like number five that's high enough where you're likely to. You just have a shot at getting an impact player. I'm probably hesitant to take a pitcher anyway, with as much uh, injury risk as a pitcher is. You just don't know which pitcher is going to pan out, which one's not, which one's going to have Tommy John, which one's not. A much safer pick to go with uh, a power hitting uh, infielder, and I'm, I'm extremely pleased with the selection. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, is our guest. Yeah, it's it's funny. You echoed what I ranted about last segment. To me, the Reds. I don't want them to pick positions because they're positions. I want them to pick players. I want them to acquire talent. If Jonathan India is good and Nick Senzel ends up being really good and let's say Jose Peraza and Eugenio Suarez all pan out, well, then they have a really good trade chip and they can move one of them. Uh, odds are something's going to happen, whether it's injuries or, or whatever, with one of these guys. And I would rather them have a strength and pick a player that they feel like is worthy of the fifth pick 
overreaching for a guy that they like or maybe like his potential, but they draft him ultimately because he's a pitcher, especially because it's not like the draft is only one round. Major League Baseball draft is way too many rounds to pay attention to, and they added two pitchers yesterday. Yeah, they did. Yeah, two of the first three picks were pitchers. You can still go for the the big arms, but but you just you can't say, hey, our organization is light in uh, at the major league level in quality arms. So this is who we need to pick. You got to go for the best player available. And you're right. Uh, you know, if, having too many good players is a great problem to have. So if India pans out and Nixon Zell pans out, and all these guys do, some someone can play. Left field, someone can play third base, someone can play second base. I mean, you've got the options there. But what you're doing with the draft is stockpiling assets. So, as you as you noted, it's not just about can you fit him into the major league lineup. He, the Reds, as they're, if they ever get to the end of this rebuilding process, then they have a trade chip in any of these guys maybe that they can fill in in particular holes uh, through trade. So the Reds have to be collecting as many great assets as they can. That should be their goal. And to me, it looks like they've. Uh, taking a step uh, in that direction. No criticism. Plenty of reasons to criticize the Reds. A selection of a third baseman slash uh, potentially shortstop in the uh, first round, that's not a reason to criticize him. He's Chad Dotson. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at DotsonC, and pick up a copy of his book, The Big 50, The Cincinnati Reds. It's in bookstores and on Amazon.com. And you mentioned criticizing the Reds. I've certainly done my fair share of that over the past week or so. Let's start with the Jesse Winker situation. And I don't know why it's a situation, but it is. It it felt really unplanned to me. It felt uh, the opposite of how I want my organization to go through a rebuild. Your thoughts on the Reds kind of, and and I described it as yo-yoing Jesse Winker in and out of the starting lineup. Your thoughts on what they did last week? Well, it completely baffles me. that The Jesse Winker situation, along with a few other things, Actually, I have a, my weekly columns going up at Cincinnati Magazine today where I sort of talk about, uh, that's the question, what's going on? Does you know, the, the Reds' <laughs> left hand know what the right hand is doing? Nope. You know, on one day they say that uh, Jesse Winker's being benched. You know, your rookie hitter, who's, who's struggling right now, no question, but he's a rookie, and this is the one guy in this group that may have a chance to be on the next good Reds team. He's benched in favor of some guys who are not going to be around, more than likely. And, and that decision is strange in and of itself. But then you, you turn around, and after one game on the bench, Winker's back in the lineup leading off, and the manager's saying, well, I changed my mind. Uh, either Riggleman's out there on his own and saying crazy things, and the front office is having to swoop in and clean up his messes, or he's, he's doing it with the, as he said, uh, with the uh, joint uh, participation of guys like Walt Jockety and, and Buddy Bell, senior advisors. And then uh, higher ups are having to come in and clean up the mess, or the Reds are just all of them are making these decisions and then changing their mind depending on how the wind blows. If there's a criticism of the decision or something, and I'm not comforted by any of those options. And it's really just a bizarre turn of events how they uh, make this drastic decision about a rookie and then change their mind almost immediately. It, I, I don't, I don't get it. it. It tells me that they don't know how to communicate. And that's very, very concerning because you're talking about Jesse Winker. The moment they decided that he should be on the big league roster, big league roster uh, from opening day on, heck, he started on opening day. That's it. He's part of the future, potentially. Adam Duvall, probably not. Billy Hamilton, probably not. And that's the other side of things. I, I don't know who comes out of this situation 
and feels good about it. Adam Duvall thought he was starting Wednesday, did start Wednesday, benched Friday. Jesse Winker publicly gets told, well, yeah, you can't play defense, and some are speculating whether or not he's working hard enough, gets benched only to be in the lineup Friday and Sunday. And now the front office just looks silly. And I ultimately, as long as Winker's playing, I think it's the right decision. But they should have had all of these talks behind the scenes. It never should have even reached the point that it did, Chad. That's exactly right. I mean, the organization just comes off. It looks like amateur night in Dixie. That's you know, right. I mean, it's just, uh, why do you have to have this conversation publicly? If you think Jesse Winker's not working hard enough not on his defense, um, I have no problem with the Reds you know, wanting to sort of make a mess, send a message to him. But you go talk to him, and then you sit him on the bench. You don't have to announce it publicly that our rookie uh, hitter, the only leadoff guy in the whole organization just about, uh, has, uh, is being benched. You don't go and uh, say to Adam Duvall, yeah, you're our starter now, then jerk it away from him. You just – Jim Briggleman can just start Adam Duvall, sit Jesse Winker for, for a short period of time. There's no reason to announce it. Now, I, I think it's a, a poor decision, and I think they made the right decision, as you, as you said, ultimately in, in getting Winker in there because he can't sit. He, he's 24 years old. He doesn't need to be sitting all the time. But it just – it makes no sense whatsoever to do it so publicly – and then when you have to when you do it publicly and then have to turn on a dime, it just looks amateurish and it's not a good look for this Cincinnati Reds front office. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, is our guest. Uh, this tells me, I mean, Jim Regelman's been around the game. He's been around the game quite some time. I don't know. In in again, I get it. The the organization has communication issues. Clearly, the front office might not know what Regelman wants and vice versa. That being said. The fact that this happened, I, I don't know. I, I look at Riggleman, I think he should just be a placeholder. I'm not really, if I was calling the shots, entertaining the idea of bringing him back next year. Is that is that too drastic, too unfair? Well, no, it's not unfair at all. <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that's how I feel precisely. Jim Riggleman is Jim Riggleman. He, he's, he's the interim guy. Uh, but you compare this Winker situation to uh, last week with the Homer Bailey situation, where the Reds ultimately got to the right decision of, of moving Homer to the bullpen, but Riggleman announces it publicly, before, he, according to Homer, before he's even told uh, Homer Bailey, before anyone in the organization has even told Homer Bailey they're making this decision. And if it's a situation where the Reds are making these decisions, and uh, as a group, the front office along with the field manager, and, uh, and then changing their mind, that, that worries me. But if it's Jim Riggleman just sort of spouting off and failing to communicate, Riggleman ought to be fired today because he's actively harming the organization rather than just being a placeholder. It just there, there are no comforting uh, scenarios that explain what we've seen the last couple of weeks that make you feel better about the Reds organization, even if in the Homer Bailey situation, putting him in the bullpen is the right decision. We have the old uh, phantom injury question, but uh, with Jesse Winker, ultimately they got they made the right decision. They've got him in the lineup, but the, the very public way that they've gone about making these decisions and screwing these decisions up initially, I, yeah, I don't know who's to blame. If it's Jim Riggleman, he needs to be gone immediately. But if it's a, an organization-wide failure, wow, that, that just makes my head hurt. Yeah, it, it reminds me of like the Browns. Like something Cle- the Cleveland Browns oh, no. would do or something. And it sounds crazy, right? Because the Reds, their history is much better than the Browns' history. But it that's just the reality that, that I look at. It reminds me of some of the, the poor-run organizations in sports. And, and you mentioned the Homer Bailey thing. Uh, the, the one 
thing I, I thought, and he got crushed when he said probably not when he would have success right. or not in the bullpen. And I get why fans saw that quote and crushed him. But he's a guy who got demoted, uh, was might be injured. And then if the manager, which I, I do believe this, why would Homer Bailey be so angry as to, to this if it wasn't true? Why would he fabricate it? They didn't communicate with him. They have communication issues clearly with this Jesse Winker thing. That's a prime example. I bet the media did find out more than Homer Bailey did, and they didn't sit him down. And that, that to me, I don't blame Homer Bailey one bit for being upset if that is the case. Well, absolutely. Again, I, I believe it's the right decision, but uh, it, it appears to me when he said probably not, um, it appears to me that the media blindsided him with this. And, uh, you know, I, a long time read, I'm probably going to be a little upset they didn't come talk to me first as well, and, uh, whether it's the right decision or not. And then you throw in the, the, the idea that he's been pitching on a sort of a bum knee for a little while, trying to pitch through it, try, trying to help the team. Again, maybe it's the right decision, but wow, this is so, this is a, a billion-dollar business that the uh, Bob Castellini and the Reds have here, and they're treating it like it's just somebody's fantasy team. It's just <laughs> it's the strangest thing I've ever seen, and and it comes down to lack of communication. These these are men. You're going to try, you're trying to get the best men that you can find to work for your organization. Is this how you, is this how you treat them? Uh, you know, I don't know that, that Homer Bailey's owed more than that. He's been well compensated for his services. But come on, just from a human relations standpoint, it's really bizarre, and it shows some sort of a, fun, uh, a dysfunction within the organization. I don't know where that dysfunction uh, is, is starts, but it's just it's it's strange. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just it's not comforting as a Reds fan to see this uh, this organization. This is Cincy 360 Mo out today. I'm James Erpine. We're talking with Chad Dotson for a few more minutes. RedLegNation.com, also author of The Big 50, which is in bookstores and on Amazon.com right now. Chad, as as far as the Scooter Jeanette thing, and he was the player of the month in May, he's been destroying it. It's an interesting dilemma. It's one that, given the past couple weeks and looking at the Reds, their communication issues, I don't really trust them to make the right call. I also don't know what the right call is. So what would you do? Would you try to extend Scooter Jeanette? Would you try to trade him? What would you do with uh, the Reds right now, the hottest hitter on the team? Oh, yeah, he's playing fantastic. Uh, much love for Scooter Jeanette. <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that because there's so many variables, and I think it's probably the single most difficult decision facing this uh, Reds management at this time because he is. He's killing the ball. I mean, he's, he's hitting as well as anyone in baseball, uh, continues to hit, had a great year last year. But he's going to be 28. He's probably going to cost in the neighborhood of nine or ten million for next year, uh, which he would be worth if he's hitting like this. But uh, then he'll become a free agent on the verge of age 30. And do the Reds try to extend him for a little while? If you do, where do you play him? Because he's the worst defensive second baseman in baseball. But he's got a bat that can that you need in the lineup. So where do you play him? Also, how much is it going to cost to extend him? You know, the the free agent market kind of kind of fell off a cliff this last off season. So. There's a possibility that you could get Scooter Jeanette for uh, not what I would call cheap, but for a reasonable contract that it might make sense to sign him for four years if you if you think he can play defensively in left field or somewhere. Um, and, and I imagine you may be able to get him cheaper than uh, his comparable value would be on the trade market in terms of what you'd be able to get back from him because other teams know he can't play defense. Other team know, teams know he's going to turn 30 soon. And, and guys that sort of hit their uh, peak late – 
don't tend to have long, productive careers, but we've still probably got a, a little bit of time where we're going to get some good value out of Scooter Jeanette. I, I don't know what the answer is because it, it really depends on whether someone's willing to offer a nice uh, piece in trade for Scooter Jeanette or whether they can get him for a, uh, a relatively cheap four year. I would say I, I wouldn't go any further than four years uh, in terms of a free agent co- or a contract that, to buy out some of his free agent years. It's a just a tough call. I you know people are going to hammer the Reds whatever they decide to do, but I'm not sure that they can make a that we'll be able to say on the surface whether it's a bad decision or not because it's a really tough call. Yeah, I, it totally is, and and I'm not sure anyone can say they should do this. Depending on obviously if they've gotten any offers or not, but we wouldn't know what they've gotten offered via trade if they've gotten any offers via trade. Here's what I would do if I was the Reds: I would be open to everything. But I would try to play Scooter in the outfield. And that's the other thing that baffled me. And I know we spent a lot of time on them going from a four-man to a three-man outfield and back to a four within a matter of hours. But the reality is I would much rather see if Scooter Jeanette can be in, play in the outfield and what he can bring than Adam Duvall. And obviously you need to clear a spot at some point this season for Nick Senzel. That could kill two birds with one stone as far as... That goes because you could move Scooter to the outfield. If he plays well, then maybe seriously consider extending him. And it, it boosts uh, his trade value potentially. And on the flip side, it clears a spot for Nick Senzel, the top prospect in the organization. So I think the Reds should go full-blown information-gathering mode. He may stink in the outfield, but why not put him out there and see? Well, he already stinks at second base. That's right. So what, what are you hurting? But uh, I can't believe you're trying to add more names to this uh, outfield rotation, James. But I, I agree with you. Uh, actually, what I think they should do, I think they should do, uh, go full Ben Zobrist for the Cubs. Have him playing second base, third base, left field, right field, all these positions. Uh, if, if he shows that he can sort of be passable at all of those, then you can have him starting, still starting. You know, five, six, seven days a week at different positions, mm-hmm. keep that bat in the lineup, knowing he's probably going to hurt you defensively at some position. But it provides a little more value being able to, to, to just sort of slot him in wherever, not calling him a, a utility player or a substitute. I'm talking about starting him pretty much every day. Just don't say, he, here he is. He's my starting second baseman. Don't limit it to that. He can be, he can be starting second baseman one day, and you're starting right fielder the next. I, I think he could provide real value to the team, even over the next few years, uh, in that role. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it, what can it hurt? You know, what, what, exactly. would it, what would it do to the Reds to do that? Like, no one's clamoring to watch Billy Hamilton strike out again or ground out, you know? If, if he's not in the lineup, like, out of all of them, I'm surprised they just settled in at Bill, with Billy because it, with, with Scooter Jeanette's bat, why not uh, alternate and, and move the outfield around? I know it sounds crazy adding a name uh, to the outfield, but it's something I would at least consider. He's Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, also author of the Big 50 Cincinnati Reds. It's on Amazon.com. What bookstores can we get it in, Chad? Oh, it's all, it's all over. It's going to be in all your local uh, Barnes & Noble nice. bookstores and uh, Joseph Beth booksellers. Actually, uh, I should should probably mention uh, June 14th at uh, 7 o'clock at Joseph Beth there in Cincinnati. I'm going to be doing a book signing with my co-author, Chris Garber. You can get it on Amazon.com. Uh, if you do go, uh, you know, they, they sell out pretty quick. They're constantly having to reorder, so <laughs> go grab you one. But it is available now, and uh, it's available pretty much everywhere you find books, uh, from Triumph Books as the publisher, and they have it. Uh, and uh, all over the place. Uh, even if you happen to be in uh, in Toronto, the largest uh, independent bookstore chain 
in uh, Canada purchased a bunch, I think because it has Joey Votto on the back cover, maybe. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's available all over. Make sure you follow Chad as well on Twitter, at DotsNC. I bought a copy of... Uh, of the book, and it's really, really good stuff. Chad, it reminds me of the good times of being a Reds fan, which hopefully they're right around the corner. I appreciate the time, as always, Chad. I'll talk to you soon. Always a good time talking, James. Thank you. That's Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com. I caught up with him earlier today on ESPN 1530. This has been fun. It was a lot of fun talking with him. Um, And it's crazy because it's not like we met up and said, hey, you should agree with me here. Makes me feel good that there's uh, there's someone else who you may view as more sensible than myself uh, agreeing with uh, a lot of my Reds logic there. Why not play Scooter in the outfield? Try it out. Gather information. What could it hurt? I'm James Erpin. You can subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. LockedOnReds.com. By the way, for more on Jonathan India, for more on the rest of the Reds draft, check it out right now. LockedOnReds.com. There's highlights. Heck, India had a highlight yesterday. You can watch it on the uh, website right now at LockedOnReds.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Until tomorrow, I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.